This week on the Fit for Purpose podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Sean Haley, who's Chief Executive Officer for UK and Ireland at Sodexo. We're going to hear a lot more about what Sodexo does and his role shortly, but I think from my perspective, one of the most important things is how involved Sodexo has been on social impact and being part of the Purpose Coalition. It's something that really runs through the whole company. I think perhaps as much as any other company that I've come across. And we worked with Sodexo on a Sodexo levelling up impact report, which we launched last year, which was setting out almost that whole footprint the company has, but, but where it goes next. Big focus on jobs and skills, big focus on recruitment. But there's so much more that this company does up and down the country in communities and it's going to be fantastic to hear a little bit more about that in this podcast. Sean first of all thanks so much for the time coming and doing the podcast but tell me a little bit first about your role but also your journey to end up being in that position that you're in now. Well thank you Justine thank you for the invitation it's great to be to be with you. Um, yeah I joined Sodexo 10 years ago I, I actually sold a business to them back in 2011 and I must admit when I was managing that that process I was I was selling the business from within one big corporate into Sodexo and I was I was managing that um, and I had no intention of moving with the business I was just managing the um, the process but through that I got to know Sodexo much better and uh, their ethics their values their purpose and their potential for making a difference. So I decided to join. So after 22 years with my previous employer, um, who I thought I was going to stay with, um, I decided to come and join Sodexo because I think they really have the potential to make a difference. And as you say, I'm now the CEO. Um, that's a business that has 35,000 colleagues up and down the country, delivering a range of food and FM services across both the public and private sectors. So everything from looking after oil rigs in the North Sea, right through to big events like Royal Ascot, and everything in between, including prisons, schools, universities, and hospitals. So a very, very interesting business. But all of those markets have one common feature, we service and we connect with the customer. So we really have an opportunity to make a difference and have an impact on individuals who are just going about their, their daily life. Um, our strategy in the UK is very clear. We want to grow, but we want to grow with purpose. We want to be very selective and only grow when we think we can really make a difference. And I guess my perfect day is when I'm out in the business. Um, mm -hmm. Last week, I took the whole leadership team down to Portsmouth, down to the naval base where we support the Navy and look after the, the base there. And we spent the day with our teams. And, and that's when we really recognise and understand the value that we're, we're creating and we're adding and the difference we're making on the front line. So hopefully that's give you a, a flavour of my journey and, and Sodexo as a business and my role. And when, I mean, going back even a bit further then, were you always interested in business or, or, or was, 
was it a slightly different route to get you into the the sort of corporate roles that meant your next step then was was heading into Sodexo? Yeah, I was I was always interested in in business leadership, but but very much in the the traditional sense of you know we all are ambitious, we all want to develop, we all want to stretch yeah. ourselves and grow. Um, but the difference with working within Sodexo was the opportunity to make a difference. It had a purpose like no other business I'd ever come across. And, and I think that was a big tipping point for me. I think up to the time of joining Sodexo, it was all very much business focused and you wanted to progress and develop. But when you were within Sodexo, you wanted to do all that, but you wanted to do all that by making a difference as well. Um, and I think that's been my learning over the last 10 years. Um, but I think that's been the journey that a lot of organisations have been on. You know, we've all talked about being purpose-led for many, many years. I think that debate has now concluded and there's no choice. You know, big business, small business has to be purpose-led and has to make a difference. Um, so I think we continue to learn and that, that's definitely been my learning over the last 10 years, um, how businesses really make a difference and, and have to be purpose-led. I think, I think it's interesting because, in a sense, this, this sense of purpose has always been, from what I can see, part of Sodexo, but almost you're seeing a wider group of employers, in a way, catching up now. But, Sean, tell us a little bit about um, how Sodexo sees social value I mean obviously we did work with you that culminated in the impact report last year um I've personally seen the work that Sodexo does give people a little bit of a flavor about how you how you approach it and some of those programs that are in place I think we're in a very fortunate position um because I'm a believer um that you can't just switch social value on it takes many many years to develop a culture and embed it within your business and we were very very lucky within Sodexo and again it's one of the things that attracted me to Sodexo you know our founder Pierre Ballon established this way of doing business way back in in 1966 when he established Sodexo you know he was talking then about his business needing to serve its people, its communities, and have a positive impact on the environment. I mean, that was back in 1966, when, when nobody was talking about that. So I think in Sodexo, we've had many decades now of being able to develop our culture and our way of working to allow us to, um, to, to make a difference and have maximum impact. And I think, as I say, you can't just decide to do it tomorrow. Um, you know, you have to build that over many years. And how do you bring it alive in, for, for people? I mean, as you say, it's one thing saying it, another thing doing it. Presumably it, it, it's lots of different things, but, but how do you actually make it real, do you think? Well, you know as well as I do, you know. Um, businesses work best when they have real clarity and direction and you can, you can simplify um, what you're wanting to achieve to allow all stakeholders, all colleagues to engage with it. And that's exactly what we do. So back in 2014, we decided, the then CEO, Debbie White, decided that she was going to um, develop 
public services pledge and shared it with the market. And that pledge would be very clear um, on the targets that we were looking to achieve and the, the impact we were looking to, um, to push forward. Um, and by doing that, yes, it allowed our stakeholders externally to understand what we were committing to, but it also allowed our colleagues to understand very simply what it meant um, to allow us to, to make a difference. And within that pledge, you know, you would recognise the targets and the objectives we set ourselves, you know, around apprentices. How many apprentices would we have within the organisation to drive social mobility? How much volunteering would we do? How many ex-offenders would we employ? How many ex-military personnel would we employ? How many small, medium enterprises would we have within our supply chain? So making those targets very clear but simplifying them so that people can actually understand what they need to do to drive an outcome that makes a difference allows people to engage with it uh, and once you do that you know you soon get some momentum and um, make some progress one of the things that's always struck me really I mean, I remember being last month, we were both at that dinner that was a fundraiser dinner up in Leeds. Um, was just how, just the network for good, in a sense, that you've really helped to build over the years. And lots of really different people in a room together, you know, doing fundraising. But actually, it it was fantastic to see people have that clarity in a way as you're saying Sean and it didn't feel at all forced if I can put it like that I mean it was just a normal thing because this is part of what the company's footprint looks like and it was utterly authentic um, from my perspective but really exciting and it's your sense for your employees it's a big part of what they love about being at Sodexo it's this sense of having this broader mission yeah Absolutely right. You make a good point about that, didn't it? Because, of course, it was not just Sodexo and our colleagues that were in the room raising funds for our foundation. It was our broader um, network, stakeholders and the ecosystem that we work within. So, you know, within that room, we had our supply partners, um, we had our charity partners, we had our clients. And, you know, we've always been very clear. That there's no way that we can make progress alone. You know, if we haven't got alignment with our suppliers, our clients, our charity partners, and indeed government, then we won't make real change. We won't drive uh, the impact that we all demand. Um, so it's so important that you get that whole ecosystem aligned. And we've got a big role to play in that because I think we can play an integrator role, really, in connecting all those different stakeholders to allow us to collectively have maximum impact and make the biggest difference. But you do need everybody aligned. And you're quite right, and it's a great observation you make. Um, it does feel quite natural within our organisation, but that's probably to do with the fact, as I mentioned earlier, that we have been pushing this agenda and owning this agenda for many, many years now. I think it's I think it's absolutely fantastic and it's probably let's dig into that social impact pledge because I know you've structured that in terms of people planet places and partners tell us a little bit of the thinking behind it and 
you know, you've spoken about partners. I think that's spot on. But it'd be good to get that next layer of detail on it, really. Yeah. Um, as I said, we first launched our pledge back in 2014. And of course, we report on it every year, but we also want to refresh it to make sure it's relevant and still current to the challenges that, you know, society faces. So in 2021, um, we restructured it and we provided a framework around the four P's, as you say. So we were very focused on what are we going to do to support people, our own people and those living in the communities we serve? What are we going to do around the planet to ensure that we really have got the right actions in place to contribute to the decarbonisation um, that's required? Places. What are we going to do about the places where we actually operate to make them better? Because, of course, the vast majority of my colleagues are working out on client sites and in communities. Nobody's really sat in a head office. They're all out there in hospitals, schools, universities, military, defence sites, etc. Um, and then the last P is, of course, partners. Um, they're so important to us because we need our partners, our suppliers, to have the same commitment and the same convictions that we have if we're really going to make a difference. So the dinner you talk about that we attended together a couple of weeks ago there in Headingley, throughout the day, we spent the whole day with our partners working on our collective purpose. What are we going to do together? Because, of course, you know, we need them to be employing apprentices. We need them to be reducing carbon. We need them to be employing ex-offenders as well as us. And that's when you bring, as I said earlier, the whole ecosystem together to ensure that you can um, generate maximum impact. But within that um, framework, within that pledge, you know, you would see the things that you would expect to see. Our commitments around apprentices. We now have over a thousand apprentices throughout the business. We also gift our levy because we can't spend all our apprenticeship levy. So we've now gifted two million to other organisations to help them with their um, apprenticeship programmes. Over 4,500 volunteering hours. Last year we give all of our colleagues three days a year to go volunteering. And as you heard at the dinner, we encourage it to be skills-based volunteering, where we can take our skills into other organisations to help them develop. 40% of our supply chain with SMEs, another target that's there. That wasn't the case when we first started. We've had to progress towards that. Being a food business, we have a big target around food waste reduction. So 230 tonnes of food waste has been reduced in the last year. As you would expect, a good target, a solid target around carbon reduction generally, which obviously food waste contributes to. And targets around employing ex-offenders and ex-military personnel. And as you say then, our foundation, making sure that our foundation, Stop Hunger, is well funded to allow it to support our charity partners. And of course, they've never needed support more than they do at the moment. We're big partners with Fair Share and the Trussell Trust, which of course is providing the food banks up and down the country. So a neat framework there, going back to the point around clarity and direction, but very clear objectives around the things that we can do, our colleagues can do to, um, to make a difference. It's really powerful stuff. And 
part of the ethos behind the Purpose Coalition, which is why we're so proud to have you part of it, is, is about bringing people together, some really different people together. And almost, I guess, from your perspective, being able to take that whole Sodexo ethos and, and actually broaden your network even more than it already is. And, and I think what we can do is help a, a whole range of different organisations start to get a sense of, of Sodexo's ambition, which is really exciting and, and brilliant to see it happening actually in practice. Tell, tell us a little bit about one area that I think is, is fascinating is the work that you're doing with ex-offenders and that, that campaign you have, Starting Fresh, that really, really helps provide a genuine talent pipeline to help people not only come out of jail, but stay out of prison and, and get their lives on track. It, it's a fantastic initiative. Tell us how it actually works for Sodexo. Yes, yeah, so we've been operating prisons in the UK for over 30 years now. And, um, you know, our, um, our absolute focus is around reducing um, re-offending as you would expect. We're a ban the box employer. Um, so for many years now, we've not asked um, um, those that are looking to join Sodex so to declare any past convictions um, unless it was absolutely necessary for the job that they were going to undertake. Of course, some jobs require that, but where they don't, we, we don't ask for them to declare that. And we wanted to use our experience over many years of operating prisons, but also being a, an employer of ex-offenders to understand how we could better connect this community this community that, you know, is developing while serving their sentence with the market and industry. Because, of course, one of the biggest challenges industry has is skills shortage at the moment. We just can't get enough resources. And this community who are serving their sentence, they've been educated. They're getting NVQs, GCSEs. They're learning trades, building trades, hospitality trades. And, of course, these are the skills that are needed in industry more than ever now to fill the gaps. So we wanted to connect the two. So we've invested in a hub um, and a campaign to be able to do exactly that, connect the market with the communities that are within our current prisons. And that allows um, organisations to go into prisons that run careers days and meet with um, offenders who are ready um, to be released. Um, and hopefully can get them into good, well-paid employment, because we know that what, what that does um, for communities and for society generally. 127 prisoners leave prison every day, and only 17% of those go into paid work. Now, you and I know the impact that will have on society and communities. But we also know now the demand is there. Industry needs these skills. So our job is to bridge, provide the bridge between the two to allow them to connect and hopefully, um, you know, make sure that many more prisoners go into good paid work when they, when they leave. And I've got to tell you, the response in the first two to three weeks has been very, very positive. You know, you may think, um, the general public may think that this just naturally happens. It doesn't. 
as I say, only 17% of those released go into paid work. So it doesn't just naturally happen. We've got to make it happen. And being an operator of um, soon to be seven prisons up and down the UK, we have a big responsibility to make that happen. Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's really important and it's genuinely important to to start providing some better opportunities so that people can actually get lives on track once they're able to as you say they've served their sentence and it's about how they then rebuild after that it, i think it's one example of what sodexo is doing but obviously you're not just focused on people and communities you've also done some brilliant stuff in relation to planet and you've got this journey to reach net zero by 2020, 2020, sorry, 2040, um, a target to be carbon neutral by uh, 2025. Tell us a little bit about that pathway to, to net zero, Sean. How hard is it in practice for the business? I think it's very hard for us all. This is not an easy thing. If it was, if it was an easy thing to do, we'd have done it by now. Um, so again, it goes back to the ecosystem. You know, we all need to collaborate to be able to solve this problem. Um, and, it, and it is a complex issue. I mean, Sodexo as a group have had a, a strategy, a very clear strategy for some time aligned to the Paris Agreement. Um, but we in the UK and Ireland uh, wanted to make our our strategy through to net zero much more concrete. So back in 2021, we announced our roadmap. Uh, we'd worked with the World Wildlife Fund and SBTI, the Science-Based Target Initiative, to ensure that we got some real objective external input, but also validation to our, um, our strategy. Um, because, of course, not all strategies, and we hear a lot of those being launched now, are created equal. And we wanted ours to be very concrete and very clear. You know, going back to the point I made, made earlier, I think if we can give the business real clarity about what we need to do to achieve net zero, then we have a much better chance of achieving it. So the plan is really clear. Um, we will achieve 90% um, decarbonisation across all three scopes, scope one, two and three by 2040 and that's ahead of the 2045 commitment we made um, originally and that's because again we're continuing to evolve and learn and we've just undertaken a review um, against our baseline of 2017 and we reduced carbon by 33 percent that's been much quicker and progress has been quicker than we thought and that's allowed us to be much more ambitious about our ultimate target. So we've moved that from 2045 to 2040. Our next big target is 2025, when we have committed to reduce food waste by 50%. And is this part of the Appetite for Action campaign? Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Appetite for Action is all about um, reducing food waste. Um, and that forms part of that because of course, Food waste, food is such a big part of our business. Food waste is such a big contributor to our commitments around carbon. And tell us how that campaign works, because obviously you're working through your supply chain as well as, I guess you have to, don't you, Sean? There's no other way of doing it. 
Yeah, absolutely right. And that, again, that's why we spent so much time with our suppliers and partners two weeks ago, because we need to collaborate and work together to make this work. Um, we can't do it alone. And when you talk about food waste, you know, I always just keep three or four facts in my, my mind. A third of all food waste globally is wasted. A billion go hungry every day. If food waste was a country, it'd be the third largest emitter in the world behind the US and China. And in the UK, 35% of our greenhouse emissions come from the food and drink industry. Now, they're the, the four things that I always keep in mind. When you're in a food business or you have a big food business, the responsibility and the contribution to reducing waste to ensure that we solve some of those issues is significant. And we take that responsibility um, very, very seriously. And that's why we've agreed to reduce food waste by 50% by 2025, which is five years ahead of the UN's target of 2030. And you're right, we did the research um, around food waste um, to allow us to launch that Appetite for Action campaign. And the reason we did that was mainly because, even given those facts I've just shared, food waste was not on the agenda for COP26. It's right, isn't it? it I think there were a lot of other areas, whether it's travel, um, obviously energy, all of that, but not food waste, interestingly. And it's such a big contributor. Um, and we wanted to try and get it on the agenda because nobody seems to be talking about it. Um, and unfortunately, it wasn't discussed at COP26 and it wasn't discussed at COP27. And that's why we launched that campaign. Um, and the campaign, through the research, through the engagement with stakeholders, came out with some very clear recommendations for organisations and for, for government. Um, so I think it has managed to drive the discussion and, and move it up the agenda. And I guess a lot of the work that we're both involved in on purpose, the Purpose Coalition, everything that, that Sodexo is doing on social impact, there are lots of learnings, I think, for policymakers, actually, to sort of see what's being done on the ground and, and how that can be lifted. Tell us a little bit about how you see that interplay between business and a business particularly like Sodexo and how policy gets developed, that ability to do collaboration. Yeah, I, th I think the backdrop to this is that we all know, you know, we collectively have a responsibility to fix, develop and improve our society. We cannot just rely on government to do that. So that interplay you reference is so critical between government and the policymakers, industry and the third sector. You know, we need to understand how we can all learn from each other and develop policy that's really going to drive the right outcomes and I've got to say I think that's improved massively over recent years. I think through our industry bodies, um, in our case it's the CBI or UK and Ireland Hospitality or the BSA, the Business Services Association, you know they are great enablers and connectors between industry and government and government do listen. You know policymakers and ministers will have 
you know, good engagement with us, roundtables. They will ask us to comment on policies when they're in draft. So I think that engagement has progressed, you know, very well. And I see good progress around, you know, engagement on waste, um, modern slavery, apprenticeships, and social value generally. I mean, social value now, as you know, is a mandated um, part of any evaluation criteria when um, government are procuring services. A minimum of 10% has got to be evaluated on social value. And I've seen that even be 30 or 40% in some tenders. So I think that's progressed. It's critical it happens, and we just need to make sure it continues. It's really exciting. I think we are into a hugely important journey where government really starts to work out, A, what's going on in the ground with a lot of great companies like Sodexo, but B, then how it can be part of the enabling environment. Literally, how can it design policy that means a Sodexo can do the most of what it wants to with, without there being impediments and for me, there's a, there's a real price. I also think, and this is based on my own experience in government, there's a lot government as an employer can learn from what companies like Sodexo are doing. So I think there are some brilliant crossovers really on every level between um, private and public sector. But, but just to close, Sean, um, so brilliant having you on this podcast. Just a little bit for your going back to your journey in a sense and and some of those great bits of advice you've had on the way. Tell us what the best piece of advice is that you've ever received from someone that you've really thought, mm, that's spot on. Yeah, it's, it's always a good question. You get, you get so much advice throughout your <laughs> career. I'm sure I've forgotten a lot of the advice I've got. I'm, I'm not sure the big piece of advice that, that has really influenced my career. Um, it was more really about beliefs, I think. And I go back to the reference I made to Pierre Ballon. This man who unfortunately lost um, just over a year ago, you know, he deeply believed that to do business in a good way was the only way to do business. To have a positive impact on your people, communities, and the environment. And, and I think that's the thing that's really stuck with me. And, and that's the thing that's evolved, you know, my career at Sodexo. And I've kept very close and very dear to me when we're trying to build a business. We must be building it in a way that allows us to um, have that impact. So it's maybe not advice, um, but it's more um, sharing his beliefs and taking those forward. And what advice would you give to people now other than, in a sense, having that sense of purpose? It's interesting. I do remember um, being told that, just remember, Sean, it's not what you say about yourself. It's what others say about you. And I think that applies to individuals, mm -hmm. but it also applies to businesses. And I think that's the advice I would give. Look, you know, it's not what you say about yourself. It's what others say about you. And, and always remember that. Brilliant. And then finally, obviously, you've had a long career. You've got a long career ahead of you, too. But what's your proudest career moment to date, you'd say? Well, again, that's a very difficult one. And I'm, I'm in a very privileged position in my role because I guess I have proud moments um, every week, every day, really. 
um, working in a business like this. Um, but I will give you one. It's a recent one. Um, it's only three weeks ago. Um, I was at an event. And, um, a shadow minister, actually, a shadow um, Labour minister, um, just happened to come up to me, um, realised I was from Sodexo. And she said, oh, actually, I met, I, met a, met a, I met a colleague of yours today in Parliament. Oh, very interesting. Um, she said, yeah, we were in Parliament and we were um, hosting um, an event to celebrate National Apprenticeship Week. And by complete coincidence, this young man, who happens to come from my constituency in London, which is a very difficult, challenging constituency, was talking about he had choices. He had choices to go in one direction or another direction. Um, and he chosen to um, get an apprenticeship, um, an apprenticeship in hospitality. And he was talking about what that had given him and how that was giving him a purpose in life. It was training him, it was educating him, and it was giving him what he needed to move in the right direction. And of course, he concluded that story by thanking Sodexo for giving him that opportunity. And, and I said to the, the, um, the, the shadow minister, that, you know, I can talk all day long about what we're trying to achieve. I can do podcasts, I can do press releases, I can speak at conferences, but you can't beat that story because that's what we try to do every day. That is social mobility in action yeah and it underlines the point that it is a big issue but it literally happens one life at a time and for companies that have those brilliant opportunities it's an opportunity to change one life at a time which is why it's so fantastic having Sodexo do the work that it does look Sean thank you so much for doing the podcast today it's been absolutely brilliant I would encourage anyone who is interested in social mobility to go and have a look at what Sodexo is doing it's on their website it's really clear you don't have to trawl around to find it because it's such a crucial part of the company it's there when when you go straight on um it's a great example, I think, of what we want to see many, many more companies doing. So, Sean, thanks for the time. It's been a pleasure to have you on the, the podcast. And I hope that this is taken on board by many, many people. And, and as I said before, we're really proud to have you part of the Purpose Coalition. So thank you. Thank you, Justine. Great to speak to you.